Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm well. I'm well. We're we're here. We, are we both here. have headgear on. What? We both have headgear on. We do both have headgear. My head new gear. hat from Jenna. What'd you say? My That's new from hat Jenna. from Jenna. It's your birthday week. Are you it excited? It is your birthday week. Hi, Nina Marie. Are you, are, are you excited? Uh, I am excited. It's another year to press restart, so I'm here with it. I'm, I'm all here for my birthday. Another, another revolution around the sun. Yes, a skip around the sun. Uh-huh. Well, how was your day? How are things? How are you? I am doing well. My day is well. Uh, I love you more, Nina Marie. Um, hi, Penelope. Uh, how was your day? My day was phenomenal. Um, got my hair braided. I am really upset about this hair braiding thing, and you actually vocalizing what a lot of us thought that you just got out of jail but it, it's it's what you want to do it's your new covid look so fine listen, not only that listen let me tell you something let me tell you something all the girl all the girls all the ladies that wouldn't look my way before because i look too i look too polished i look a little rough around the edges now and my dms just popped they just went up a little bit i and don't I, think so i don't know about this look. and then the do-rag it's kind of like you should tie it in a bow and wear it up really high Oh yeah, we here. It's listen. We are here. We're here to have fun. Okay. So I will be working at the same time as talking to you, but I am completely focused on you. I can multitask. I know you can. That listen. Yeah. So, hi Holly. Um. Oh, let me let me mute this. Let me mute my my. Uh... Plugging Kelly's juice. My friend Ife. Cheers, by the way. Cheers. So let's just start from the beginning. Tell us, you know, you are Holly Baird, uh, publicist extraordinaire, crisis manager, um, confidant, um, my publicist, publicist. <laughs> confidant to who? You're one of mine, for sure. Um, you're someone who, you know, you're excellent at your job. You are someone people look to for mentorship. You're definitely a leader. How did you, you know, where are you from? Tell us about yourself. How did you get into this business? How did you ascend to be the person that you are? Tell us, where did it start? So, yeah, long story short, I was actually having this conversation today with one of my colleagues. I have been working since I was 16. I started off interning and being a temp at every entertainment agency that I could find. And I found that that gave me the flexibility to work when I wanted to work and also test the waters as to which companies I thought would be a good fit for me. And so, uh, you know, my major was not public relations. It was communications, but with the emphasis on television and film. And when I started working, I first started working at Ogilvy and Mather, which is an advertising firm. And then from there I went to CBS television and King world productions for their syndication shows and then from there I went to Citric and Company for about uh, 15 14 years and now I am working inside of a law firm so we skipped a lot of stuff so you're doing the temp stuff how did you find your way right like what was what were what were the things that made you say you know what I want to go the PR route instead of the marketing route um, because if if I remember one of our older conversations you told me you did some party stuff too. You threw parties. Is that is that? Yeah, I used to.
We frozen. I will not. I, I tried to block my phone. I don't know how to do it. I, iPhone is in control of me. So people calling, we'll just have to wait. Um, you know, I used to throw parties when I was in college and worked for a bunch of different nightclubs. I found that was a way for me to go to school during the day and then work at night. And then on the weekends, I would temp and do production PA work. And so, you know, I think for my career, I have kind of tiptoed and, you know, went in and out of every industry. So I've been in advertising, I've been in TV and film production, um, in front of the camera and behind the camera. And whereas I found myself in public relations, it really was just the luck of where the headhunter had sent me 15 years ago. Um, crisis communications was not um, as prevalent as it was, um, you know, as it is now. And um, I never thought of myself as a publicist. I just knew that I liked to talk to people, deal with people. I understand human nature. And that's where it landed me. It looks like the uh, service in Detroit um, isn't as strong as it is here in Los Angeles. There's circles. I can see you fine. Hold on, let me let me turn on my. Is it better now? Yes. Is it okay? Um, so you're a crisis manager. What does that entail? How does that how does that work? How do you how do you earn the trust of your clients? How do you get them to one? You know, because when you're in a crisis, having having been there myself, um, even though you know shit is hitting, even though you know shit is hitting the fan, there is a, a level of you ha you have you're still guarding that. Like, how do I, I, I tell something to this person? You know, of the, I, have to, I have to let them know some things about what went on, but I don't know if I can reveal all the things but in order for you to do your job you have to know everything how have you been able to get clients to trust you um i should say in the beginning how did you get clients to trust you because now you have this track record but how did well, you do that in the let's, beginning? i'm gonna ask you how did i get you to trust me well we were we were talking but we were like having conversations before you stepped in the things to help you know my family with the situation that was going on right there were you, you know we were having conversations and I would assume I, this is my assumption obviously that that's not always the case you don't always you're not always um it doesn't always happen that way sometimes you're kind of just thrust into it like hey I need you on this case like now you know I think it, it's with any pr practitioner uh you go with credibility and so it's a lot of word of mouth and people ask around who to contact and I think if so-and-so trusts you and gives you as a referral that person then trusts you. And I, I think some clients give you information all up front, some kind of breadcrumb you along the way, and you have to just as a professional sort through the bullshit and figure out who's telling the truth. Okay. How have you, what are the biggest challenges that you faced in kind of in, in your role? Right. You know, I think as of relate, uh, having journalists not have uh, an opinion or bias and being able to report a story um, accurately and just giving the facts of a case instead of um, including their own personal beliefs and opinions. Okay. That's interesting. 
What? See where I'm going? <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> I definitely do. From the client side, what's been the most challenging part? Like, like oh, that's like kind of external. But when you're dealing with clients, what's what's something that's like consistently a challenge with clients? I've been fortunate not to have a lot of difficult clients. I okay. can say that. Um, I think a lot of times more so it's managing expectations and that's with everybody, but I haven't necessarily had any, I think from the beginning, if I have a client and usually you're working on a team, you build the rapport early on in the case so that you don't run into issues later on. Understood. So you're from California. I am from Los Angeles, born in, uh, Los Angeles. I was uh, born at Cedar Sinai Hospital, and I lived in Torrance, and I went to high school in Torrance. R.I.P. Biggie. That's where he. That's where he left us. But that's the only reason I know that hospital. And it's a great hospital, though, because it gave us you. Kind of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So what? Torrance is not close necessarily close to L.A. How did you? It's about thirty miles south and 30 minutes south it's in between redondo beach and uh i guess lomita i'm thinking like harbor city area torrance is like everyone knows torrance that had a really good mall galama mall okay so how did you make your way like how did you make your way back down to los angeles i followed the boy no um you know i think uh my job I was working mm -hmm. in Culver City at the time, and the commute, I was always a commuter. I went to a commuter college. I went to Cal State Fullerton, and that from Torrance was about a good hour each way. I feel like I've been commuting all my life. And so when I knew where I was going to be working, you know, essentially in the Hollywood area, um, Culver City at the time had Sony pictures, um, I just decided to move to Los Angeles. And what was L.A. like at that time? You know, what was going on? What was the... What was the atmosphere of the city? Because um, I'm sure it's changed over the over time. Or, you know, I think not much has changed. You know, most of the nightclubs have remained the same, just a new name, and the the people that go out are just younger. Um, and some of the same people that I, you know, went to clubs with are still going out and, and are promoting and and owning clubs. So that hasn't changed. I think the aesthetics of the way Hollywood looks, it's much more of a Vegas esque sort of appeal. But not much has changed in Los Angeles that I can tell. Okay. Interesting. It's an interesting perspective. I'm born so and raised here, so I, I do see LA differently. I think when people come and go out of you know Los Angeles, they remember things, and you know if you don't live here, you don't see the evolution of a city changing. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, newer homes and, and such uh, infiltrating the inner Los Angeles area and in Hollywood, and they're you know knocking down a lot of the more bungalow style homes and apartment complexes but for the most part los angeles is still los angeles city city of glamour city of lights city of celebrity it is um, it's, an, it's an electric place it's why i love it yeah um okay uh how do you define like in your role um how do you define well this is this is actually a two-part question Mm -hmm. So from where you, the, the company from which you just came to mm -hmm. your new position, how did you define, how did you define success there in terms of your role 
and now in a larger role and working in a bigger capacity at your new um, job, how do you define it now? Or are they still the same? Is it still the same? It's the same. You know, I think each, again, each case is different um, and you're working with people. So whereas at Citric and Company, I was working with, um, you know, media and public relations professionals. Um, and we, you know, a lot of times our referrals come from lawyers. Now I'm inside of a law firm and can see cases coming in and seeing how they pick apart a case and decide whether or not they want to bring a PR professional into the mix. Okay. So can you tell us kind of like about what, what is crisis management? What can you, can you elaborate on that and kind of fill the people watching in on like, what does that entail and what, you know, what's the scope of your work? Um, it's basically protecting an individual's brand or a company's brand. Uh, a lot of times people will have a misstep and get in trouble and they have uh, media coming at them. They have fans, consumers, whomever um, vocalizing their opinion online and they need someone to manage um, the chaos. And was there a person that you looked to that like, I mean, you started in advertising, you kind of moved into, um, you moved into the PR space and now as a crisis manager, was there anyone that you looked to as like, oh, that's kind of, that's, you're one of, you're a one of one. So I wouldn't say as like someone as like a, as a, a specific model, but like, oh, that's someone that I could kind of pull a few things from and kind of implement that into my style. Or are you just, you know, like, no, I'm Holly, I'm going to do it Holly's way. And like, this is what I think, this is what I think in my observation of the world and my, you know, my measurements of the world, I think this is the best way to attack these problems. You know, I think everyone looks at a problem differently and they um, compare previous cases and have a network of people that they can bounce ideas off of. A lot of times we are working with other people and it's part of a team. So I think if there's anyone that I can look at, obviously my former colleagues, they were all either former journalists and or um, you know, business professionals. And so being younger um, in the firm, kind of being able to shadow a lot of them, ask questions and really soak up information that I probably never would have been able to obtain um, given the career trajectory that I took and the path that I took. And so I think it's really important for younger professionals to um, attach to somebody that they can um, listen to and mentor and um, or be the mentee and Soak up their information. Hmm. I never considered that. So how? That's actually great. That's actually a great, um, kind of like a not a segue, but like a great follow up. So how does oh, yeah. like having having um like a journalist work in the same space as you, like for like on the team? How does that inform like knowledge? I don't know if that's still the case. Right. No. But how does that how does that inform how you choose to like? go back out when you when you guys formulate a strategy or you put together like an approach to whatever the issue is how does that inform how you guys choose to attack it having having journalists kind of on the behind the scenes or on the team in terms of framing it for the public how does that how does that help yeah so a, a good journalist is also a really good investigator and they ask questions and when you ask questions you're then able to lay them out and sort out uh, what the truth is and what the actual narrative and story is. And so I think working alongside journalists, you just naturally learn to pick up their MO of how they deconstruct a story. And then, you know, you have 
both sides stories and then somewhere in the middle is the narrative that you try to push out okay very interesting so what's what would you say is like the what's been like the greatest source of doubt or is there has there been any doubt in along doubt? The way? yeah in your career no you know i think with me i know what i know and i know what i don't and so sometimes on certain cases if i feel that i'm not going to have the expertise um you, know, you can always go to google you know google's always your friend and or you just ask somebody that has a better grasp of that concept and that um industry um to help you out whereas you know I, i'm not um big on working on the finance cases you know that i learned that early on in my career um, i like to stick to the entertainment and sports cases that's what i'm really good at that's the industries that i know um, I like right. a lot of the litigation cases. I'm, you know, really into crime solving and or um, just trying to figure out um, what the actual plot is and then uh, deconstruct that to find out what really happened. Okay. Um, are you successful in finding out what happened often? Generally, I am. I'm a pretty good investigator. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, what's the greatest reward of, you know, what would you say the greatest reward of your work is? Yeah, having a client said that you saved their brand. You know, uh, I was talking to someone today. It's, you know, it is, you don't get the ROI as you do with other sort of industries. But I think if you have a client that comes to you on the brink of losing everything um, and you're able to save that, that's, the immediate results and you know you did your job you can walk away um, satisfied that you you know did the best that you could does vengeance have anything to do with your pursuit of success vengeance yeah vengeance is there someone that like shouted you there's someone yeah. that like shouted you no nothing no, at all you know, and I gotta say you can't really hold on to uh, anger um, you know, sometimes I will have a little list of journalists that yes. have slighted me and you, you know, you never know who you're going to have to deal with on another case. And so I do, you know, hold that little list kind of like Arya Stark, but for the most part, I do generally me personally, my character, I get over things pretty easily. Okay. So what's your, what's to date, if you're allowed to talk about it? Or if you can't talk about it, kind of describe it. What's been your most fun case, even though it may have been like, may have been controversial, but it was like but dealing me? with the client. Um, yeah, like the most, like the most, like this is just like, whether it was a shit show or this is like actually fun, like like fun and like I can't believe I'm like a fucking I'm a part of this so and this I, is like yeah. actually fucking happening in the world. I you know thrive off of adrenaline and some of the cases yeah. that been fortunate to work on you're just in the middle and it's just so chaotic and you know media coming at you client lawyers are firing questions and, and activities towards you and you're just kind of trying to like neo in the matrix sort it out and figure out and kind of slow down and then pick i need to do this i need to do this and, and i you know i like that chaos and to be part of the mix and so i think the fast-paced cases um I, I tend to do a lot better at um, than when you have to slow down and draft the press release and whatnot. Um, but I'm learning to do both. Um, and it's, an, you know, a balance in your career. You always have to, whatever you're not that good at, 
you need to master that and get over it. Okay. What has been the most difficult part of you pursuing this career? You know, I have a lot of friends. Um, and, and again, it's, it's only friends. I, I don't really mind people that I don't know and that people that don't know me, but I have had some friends that have questioned the cases that I've worked on and why I defend the people that I do. And so, yes. uh, you know, just like, you know, people that I don't know and, you know, journalists that I don't know, everyone has an opinion and everyone has um, things that have happened to them in their lives that have um, helped form their opinion and bias. And so it, it's been challenging and you can't always, um, you just send me a message, so do not distract me. But you can't always sway someone's um, opinion, and that's fine. But I, you know, always hope that my friends and family keep an open mind when they are um, thinking of what I'm working on, and trust that I've been given the appropriate information, and that knowing who I am, I'm not going to be defending someone that's a scum. Correct. I guess what's okay. So to that point, what's the most difficult choice you've had to make to pursue, um, you know, this career or your quote unquote destiny, if you will? Like what's, what's been the most difficult cho choices, I guess, what are the most difficult choices or some of them or one of them that you've had to yeah, make? Yeah, you know, I think public relations in general, not even just crisis, but even publicity, we put so much of our lives on hold for our clients. And I don't think people really understand that. You know, you're at dinner, you get a call, you have to take it. You're hanging out with your family on a holiday. You client or a situation comes in, you take that. You stop your life and then help your client and then resume your life. The client comes first. And I think that's uh, what has been um, something that I've just learned to adapt to. So to that end, what's the lesson it took you longest to learn in this career path, in this field? Not to take anything personally. Mm. Yes, I can. I can understand that. As someone, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tough. It's a. It's a yeah. Mm. Okay. Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> um, has your definition of success changed since you started? Started where here or started? Well, started. It started like so, like. You know, when you were when you were temping and throwing parties, you know, did you have do you have something in your mind is like, oh, that's success. And did you reach that and realize, no, that's not really it. Or on the process of getting to the place you thought you wanted to get to, has your definition of success changed? No, you know, I think I've been always pretty ambitious as a young child. And I, I'm one of those people, I think anyone that knows me. I am who I am and then I, I, I don't change much unless it's something that needs to change. And so, um, and I'm definitely not saying I'm perfect, but with that, you know, my definition of success is being happy, being able to support myself, being able to help my family, being able to help my friends. And I think being able to leverage my resources to help others, that to me is my definition of success. Hmm. That's a very, that's a very strong definition of success. Very, very, I, I, I appreciate that. So to your earlier point, um, when you talk about people questioning like some of the cases you work on or why you would work on them, how have you learned to like kind of manage relationships um, in the thick of things like that? Like, oh, I know you don't, 
you don't think I you or do you think that person's a piece of shit or you think that I shouldn't be involved in this case or I should be working on this case? How do you learn? Like, even if because for me, I've dealt with things where like I really care about this person and they are interpreting my actions or whatever the th whatever the thing I'm a part of. They're interpreting that in a way that they're interpreting it in a way that I don't feel they should. How have you learned to kind of manage your relationships as you you know pick and choose or you're part of whether that's high profile or, you know, the biggest cases in the world, which you are absolutely a part of. So again, it goes back to character and the friends that I have in my uh, life. Um, I respect them. I respect their opinions. And with that being said, I hope they respect my opinion and respect that they can have their opinion, but it doesn't sway me and it doesn't move me. Um, I always take things into consideration because there's always going to be something that I didn't think of and my friends are looking out for me, but I've never been one of those to just uh, hear someone else's opinion and then say, you know what, you're right, I have to stop that. Um, I'll find out for myself and for the most part, I've been successful. Were there any, are there any, case, were there any cases that you feel like I, I did it and I saw it through, but I wish I hadn't? Okay. Again, I've been really lucky the cases I've worked on. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty young in my profession. I'm only 40 at this point, but I, I don't think that um, I've been given a really good roadmap where I started. And so I think if I continue on that path and how to select clients and cases to work on, I'll be okay. It's not about the money. Okay. You know what I mean? I think if you take on cases and you, you do things for the wrong reasons, that will get you into trouble. So um, I try to have cases or I've just been lucky to have cases that align with what I believe in. And um, for mm -hmm. that, I've been fortunate. Um, what are, I guess, if there is such thing as inspiration in, cause I, again, these, these conversations that I, um, you know, the people hey, that Nick. I'm choosing to talk to, hey Nick, the people that I'm choosing to talk to, people like yourself, you know, I'm. I don't work in PR. I don't know what the fuck it is like. Um, I work in in field. I, I have worked in fields and work in a field where like I, and I, I like to think of myself as a creative having formerly been one. Is like, I think I, I try to draw inspiration to keep me motivated. So if, if it's applicable to this field, I know you're inspired by other things that are not related to PR, but if it's applicable to this field, where do you draw, where do you, where do you draw inspiration in your field to keep you going is there is there some is there something or someone that keeps you motivated or are there are there are there yeah well you know I, so I know going back to my answer before being able to use the resources hey norma that i've acquired um in this profession to help individuals and companies and organizations that might not be able to receive resources like this and, and so for me that's my source of inspiration you know at the end of the day i help people yeah absolutely. bottom line i'm helping people and so you, me. Save um, my life. you know and hearing stuff like that you know it that's what i rate success with okay um hmm. what else do i want to ask you no 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 Doesn't she normal? She's super helpful. Um, I guess a year from now, 
let's do one, three, five. A year from now, three years from now, five years from now, what are the things like? Where do you where do you want to be? Where do you, like where do you see yourself? And you know what are you know how do you how do you want to? As a person who does crisis management, and you absolutely are a confidant, how do you look? How do you see yourself five years from now? Where where do you? How do you want to be positioned? You know, I have some things that I'm working on right now that I cannot disclose, disclose. but okay. uh, very excited and there will be some announcements soon but you know i think with being a pr professional you tend to put your life on hold and so um where i started out in my career and, and seeing other people they have families and i think that would be one thing i want to do i would like to start a family so um, i am kind of putting out there um and that's part of my two-year plan um with that being said i you know i don't know if i'm going to be able to keep up the strenuous kind of schedule when you're working on multiple cases you don't really have time for yourself so if that you know if i have a family um will i still have time to service my clients 100 percent 24 7. i don't know and so um you know i could potentially be shifting to a behind the scenes role and uh only taking on a few cases um, but you never know you know i i do like to take life one day at a time and um i have a lot of things and goals that I'd like to accomplish. And I think some of them, uh, especially this year and with the situation that we've been dealing with, uh, being able to stop and kind of evaluate what's going on in your life. Uh, coronavirus has actually helped me to sort out some of my goals and really start to um, lay out the plans and get those executed by the end of the year. Okay. So speaking of coronavirus, I see that you're in your office. Uh... I am quarantined on the third floor at Garagos. So um, M MG, I wasn't gonna say the name. MG has you work. You guys working still? Yeah, so how, we are. Yeah. How how has kind of, how has quarantine affected um, your work on some of the cases that you're you know? Um, you know the, you know the you know the one I'm presently thinking of um, that is close to me in the Midwest. Um, I don't. How, I can't. I don't want to say. You know. Close to you in the Midwest. Once big. Oh, oh, yeah. that one. You know, yeah. I think with courts, you know, being um, with a modified schedule and such, I think we find clients that wanted to get their cases moving and uh, resolved, and so you're having to um, slow down, and it's giving a lot of us the opportunity to reopen cases, see things that we didn't see before ask some questions and prepare because I don't know about you guys, but when this is over, um, hitting your ground running and really going to yeah. present uh, yeah. some new tactics and stuff, you know? Um, so I really enjoyed having this time to sit and think and say, Hey, you know, it might've been a great idea for us to have not move forward because we found X, Y, and Z, and now we can use this when we go back to court. Okay. So I guess we are at, we're at just about 40 minutes. So I guess we can open it up to questions if anybody has questions, um, unless there's something else you want to touch on. No. Does anyone have questions on this, on, on this IG live? Everyone's shy. I'm sure they do. No. You know, an open book. So I, I try to leave things so that no one has any questions. I, I doubt many people have anything to say. Or ask me. 
One of my high school friends work- is on here. What are you working on at present? You know, what I'm working on, I actually have two cases right now. Ironically, both are dealing with uh, people that have been doxing them and using um, fake Twitter accounts to attack them. Oh, yeah, that's fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah. So trying to figure out who it is. Shayla wants to know if I'm going to have a mentor program. If Shayla wants to be my mentee, she can always send me a text and then she can come along and we can discuss life, career moves, and whatnot. So, um, you know, for kids in in general, um, I would love to start some program for the youth. I I think at a young age, some people we know we want to do, and some of us we don't know, we never know. And so I think it's really important to have older people in your life to help you um, and guide you down the path and help you um, figure out what it is, is your talent and what you'd be good at and help you obtain your goals. Hello, Jonathan. Happy birthday, Jonathan. Happy birthday, Mr. Unger. Um, so that leads me to another question. So I guess, I, and I don't know because I'm not in PR or publicity, but it seems that there are, while there are. I'm not publicity publicist. You're not a publicity publicist. You know what I mean. I'm not. <laughs> I know you're not that, but you know what, you know what I mean. Thank you. Um, in the <laughs> in the space that you work in, are there a lot of people that look like us? Oh, and in, in PR or in crisis? Crisis, specifically crisis, crisis. No, I can probably count on one hand how many um, people of color do crisis in public relations. You'd be surprised; there are a lot of black and brown people doing public relations. So, if you can. Can, so I would assume that it takes a certain type of person to um, do what you do. Um, a certain level of calm, a certain level of resolve, a certain level of focus. Um, and I would even say patience, right? And understanding. How does one enter, this, enter that space? And more specifically, is it a, like with the field I work in in finance, it's much more, uh, you know, it's, it's a very much so a white space. Would you, s- <laughs> yo, leave, yo, my friends are idiots. Um, did you see this comment here? Yeah. My beard looks like 42 dead mosquitoes. I hate you, Michael. Um, would you say that it's also it, that crisis management PR is kind of is a space that's like very. Yeah, like- uh, Hey, Alex, is difficult to get into or penetrate when you look like us? Or would you say that it's... Hey, you know, I, you know, here we are in 2020, and uh, the young man was just jogging, trying to work on fitness, and he's shot to death. You know, so who knows how long it's going to take for us to be seen as human beings and not by the color of our skin. Um, I think in any profession, not just public relation, it is extremely hard for black and brown people and people of color, women, um, to just be seen and heard without their gender or their the color of their skin to be seen first. And so I think it's very important for us to, no matter what, be convicted and, and drive through the point that we are intelligent, we are here to do the job, and you can have me do the job or you can have someone else do the job. I'm actually okay with that. I've been 
taken off of cases because I'm black and I've been put on cases because I'm black. And so with that being said, I, I'm okay with both of it. I know who I am and um, you can't live in fear and you just have to keep going forward. Oh, we have a question. Of the black crisis PR professionals, how many are performing or leading or have reached at the level of Holly Bear? So for black, the only one that I know of is Judy Smith. Yeah, I would say that was what I was, was going to say. Yeah, Judy Smith is like the only person that I could even I think can. of is comparable. Well, I think okay. I I thank you. If anybody, I don't know, I'll, I'll give it a little more time. If anybody, does anyone have any other questions? Make sure you check out Kelly's juice. This is the Inglewood Green. It's cucumber, apple, pear, ginger, lime. Oh, let me ask. You, let me ask you this: what What does it take to be successful in? specifically crisis management like what is you know, I, like, yeah i think you need to be organized i think you need to have thick skin i think you need to have the determination to figure things out and you need to be able to defend people without being shaken when other people don't necessarily agree with your opinion or your client's opinion okay. well miss baird thank you i'm sure i'm sure that i will talk to you later tonight yes um as we are in constant communication, you're one of my very close, you're one of my people, as they say. Um, and I'm so grateful to have you uh, a part of my life. Uh, yeah, so I'm grateful so for everybody that tuned in. Thank you guys for supporting. And if there's any way that I can support you, please make sure to let me know. I know sometimes people don't want to ask for favors and they you don't want to ask for resources, but I, I am here for that and I don't mind. So if you have something that you need to discuss and you you know, have a project that you just want to have someone else take a look at, please feel free to reach out. Thank you so very much. I'll let you get back to work. Uh, make sure you look at my text so that I can get the audio from this. Okay. Um, all right. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.